0: Tonight, (coughs) I'd like to talk about something which I think, as I will show you, uh, has enormous um, historical significance. And also, I believe uh, 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 that it has tremendous significance for the whole messianic process. And the truth is, what I'm going to say tonight, I, I predicted a while back, you know, and lo and behold, it's as far as I'm concerned, it's it's literally beginning. We can see it. You know, I, I referred to the tri- the uh, trip that Trump made to the Middle East. He first went to Saudi Arabia, and then, of course, he went to Israel, and after that, of course, he went to the Vatican t- <coughs> to see the Pope. Um, but the truth is that it has incredible significance which I had in, in, uh, predicted uh, a long time ago and so on. But it's so amazing that it actually happened, and it's uh, it starting. And that's why I want to talk about it. <coughs> we, we know the, the biblical basis, I'll just go, again, some of the ideas for those people who don't know and those people who are joining us now, but it's certainly worthwhile to go over the ideas again and then to realize that once you have that biblical framework, then you can really begin to understand what is happening. And also I'm going to bring uh, uh, some ideas which, which were pointed out to me long after I made that prediction. And uh, it, it's mamish in, uh, in one of this forum of David Valley. It's astounding, because uh, I've never seen it anywhere. I just said it because that's what I said. But then somebody showed me that somebody actually says that, which of course I was very glad to see. Um, in any case, <coughs> we know that there are many uh, many nations chosen that <coughs> um, if the Jews deserve suffering because they have now not done enough mitzvahs, they have not done enough tshuva, they haven't done enough commandments, they have not done enough repentance, so therefore I had mentioned a while ago that yisurin, was suffering is a third method device that will allow them to rectify creation. It's a very important idea that suffering is not punishment uh, but what it really is is some type of a method to allow the Jews to rectify creation and I had spoken about that extensively and so on. And we know that there are uh, eight eight nations that are involved in this that if the Jews are uh, decreed that they have to suffer on a national level, that that there are eight nations that are assigned. Uh, First one, of course, was Egypt. And, of course, they left Egypt, the exodus from Egypt. Uh, The second nation is Babylon. Third nation is Persia. Fourth nation is Greece. Fifth nation is Rome. uh, Rome. And then we have the other three, which, of course, is... um, um, Ishmael, the Arabs, Muslims. The next one is uh, Amalek, the Amalekites. Um, and the last one is not a nation, it's really part of the Jewish nation. They're called the Erev I I explained who they are, I'm not gonna do it now. I explained who they are, uh, you have to go back to some of the previous shuram, uh, where I really go extensively in who they are in terms of today. But anyway, these are the eight persecutory nations that have been designated, that if Jews have to suffer, they're the ones that do it. I also had gone into the whole concept of uh, asaph and Edoim, who is Rome. And I had mentioned that Rome is really uh, asaph because the Torah says that asaph the brother of Yaakov, is what? Is, uh, asaph is uh, Edoim, the Edomites, it's a nation. The Torah calls them Edoim. We know the Gemara calls Edoim Rome, Rome, Rami. Right? And I had mentioned also that who is Rome today? Rome basically became Christianity. Christianity is Western civilization. And Western civilization basically represents Edom. That's I also mentioned that. I also mentioned that there are three aspects of Esav in the Torah. Because Esav had three characteristics. One of the characteristics was incredible arrogance. If anybody reads the Torah, where it says that of despised the birthright, How do you despise the birthright? Uh, In any case, that's incredible arrogance. The second characteristic of Asaph is fraud, imposter, uh, and deceit, deception. And that's where Asaph was, a tremendously fraudulent person, where he would conceal, hide behind the fact that he was not religious at all. And the third aspect of Asaph, of course, is pleasure. And therefore, Western civilization, which which represents uh, ultimately, Asaf or Edom has the three; these three characteristics, as represented by three different sections. The one that represents the arrogance is Russia, under communism, because really Russia is Catholic. It's the Russian Orthodox Church. Uh, maybe I should say Christian instead of Catholic, uh, and therefore they represent the arrogance under communism. The second aspect of ASof is Europe, and Europe, of course, is a fraud some imposter, uh, because they have killed more people in the name of Christianity than all wars combined. And the third nation, of course, the pleasure-seeking aspect of Esav is, of course, America. So America is Edom, but America is the Teufsheb It's the good part of Esav, which means it's, it's the least hostile, uh, the most friendly, and I had gone into that quite extensively before. Anyway, so this brings us to... Um, the idea of who is who today, one of the main characters. Also what's very important, I had mentioned, the story of Yaakov and Esav and <clears> the <throat> And just to re- recapitulate just some of those ideas, first idea which I had mentioned, which many people are not familiar with, is that it, it's not true that there are three patriarchs, three of us, there are really four. Who are they? Avraham was one, Abraham. Yitzchak, Isaac was two. Yaakov, Jacob was three. And Esav, believe it or not, is an of. He himself is a patriarch. So there are really four patriarchs. The job of Yaakov, of course, is to bring down holiness by engro- engaging himself totally in Torah, learning Torah. And the job of Esav I had mentioned, he's called, it. The, so therefore Yaakov is called the Yeshiva Holom. He sits in tents. He dwells, he learns. The job of Asa as a patriarch, as an of, uh, is uh, uh, his job is Ish sodeh, a man of the field, as it says in the Torah. What does that mean? His job is to go out into the field and in to go into the world, uh, which is uh, obviously uh, saturated with evil and uh, immorality and so on, and to remain righteous. And if he does that, then he weakens the forces of evil by re- remaining righteous, even though he's in their environment, and therefore he ultimately can destroy the evil. Ah, so therefore, we have four of us. We see that uh, alluded to in Midrashim, where the one Midrash, as I mentioned, said that, the, that had Esau done his job, which means to serve as a patriarch, then he... then he would have had six tribes, he would have six tribes, and Yaakov would have had six tribes. Now how in the world can Esav have six tribes? And the answer is because he's a patriarch, he's an Av. So he would have had six tribes, and that's clear proof that he's an Av. In fact, I mentioned that there's a a Panech Roza, a Rishon, one of the early commentators, who says that the job of Esav was much greater than the job of Yaakov. And he says that had Esav done his job, he would have been twice as great as Yaakov Avinu. Now we don't understand that. It's very hard to believe that this could possibly be true. But the numerical value of Yaakov, or of Esav, is two times the numerical value of Yaakov with the Vav. And he brings that as an allusion to the fact that Esav was greater than Yaakov Avinu. And some people say, what are you talking about? I mean, this guy is one of the, he's a forerunner of the evil of this world, certainly when it comes to Jews. But uh, I don't know if I mentioned this, but I'll tell you something interesting. <clears throat> if you look at Esau, um you have to ask yourself, what would be the most difficult mitzvah for this person to observe? Right? Yeah, it's a good question. Of all the mitzvahs of the Torah, what would be the most difficult for him to observe? What do you think? Anybody here got a guess? Who? Who? Killing. Yes? Nah. I don't think so. You know why? You kill the guy and he's dead, finished. It's a one shot business, right? He defies you, you kill him, no problem anymore. No, I don't think that's the most difficult. Something more difficult. What do you say? Who? Why would that be a difficult? Face of okay, you're on to something exactly. If, if you what's the most difficult thing for somebody who's incredibly arrogant is to submit to authority. There you are, right? Think of it, guys, incredibly arrogant. The most difficult thing is to submit to an authority, right? To have a boss, right? Because he's so arrogant. So, therefore, if you think about it. Where does the Torah tell you to submit to authority? By father and mother. Ten Commandments. Kabir Savicho Honor your father and mother. Yes? So therefore, that's not a one-shot deal. You've got to do this constantly, for years. And for an, uh, for an arrogant person to honor his father and mother constantly is very difficult. Very. Yet we find that Esau not only observed that commandment, on your father, mother, especially on your father, right? But the Gemara says that Omar Rabban Shimon Ben that Rabban Shimon Ben said that I was the greatest individual in my generation to observe f- uh, uh, on your father and mother. That's what he says on himself, you know. But I found that my uncle Asaf, as they call him, the feta Esav, you know, my uncle Asaf, that he was much greater than me. And Rabbi Shem Gamliel, right? He's the Nossi. I mean, he's, he's the head of the, the old Jewish nation, right? And he said on himself that he was the greatest of his generation. And he says that Esav was much greater. Why? Because he said that Esav, whenever Asa would come to see his father, right? So, you know, the average guy today, hey, Dad, how you doing, you know? Hey, Pops, what's new, you know? And you walk in, you know, with your... Uh, you know, your, your, your uh, what do you call it, your uh, jeans, your jeans, and, you know, your open shirt and all that. Say, yeah, oh, Papa, how you doing, right? Esav, what he used to do is change, right? We laugh, because uh, that's what happens today, you know? Or well, a guy would say, hey, Dad, you know what you're talking about? You're crazy. What, what, what kind of nonsense is this, right? I mean, this is the way people talk to their father, right? Esav, when he would visit his father, he would change into his big day, Shabbos, big day Yom Tov, it's incredible, he would take everything and put on his, his as they say, his holiday garb, right, Yom Tov Shabbos, you know, get himself all ready for Yom Tov, and then he would go to see his father, you tell me who does that today, right, it's astounding what, how Esav, Esav loved his father, there's no question about that, but the honor was astounding. And that really, that was really very bad news for the Jews. So what do we see? <coughs> that Esav with all, well, it's bad news for the Jews. And what was his reward for that? Well, that's the problem. His reward m- makes it very hard to bring him down. In fact, w- the reason why Jacob, Yaakov, was so afraid of Esav is because of the incredible merit of Kibbutz Ovaim. But anyway, you know. How did he do it if he was so guided who? Well, he did it. You know, that's a good question, but he did it. How does a man that has, that's almost a megalomaniac, he kills people, maybe for sport, you know what I'm saying? Then he steals their wives. I mean, how does a guy like that, who just laughs at social rules, right? And laws and wars and so on and so forth, overcome his incredible arrogance? Unknown. But what it does show you is that is the incredible potential of Esau. That if he could have licked his arrogance then, then he could have been, he could have been what Esav should have been. Twice as great as Yaakov Avinu. That's what I'm trying to bring. Uh, Instead we find that what? That Esav is what? Before he's born, it says when Rivka went by a, 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 a shul, right? Then Yaakov would try to break out. It's interesting how they would know. But anyway. And when she walked by some kind of an uh, ideology place, then Asa would try to break out. And th- they were both embryos. You see, <clears throat> what does that indicate? What that indicates is the enormous inclination of Asaf to sin. Because in order for him to do his job, his Sahara wasn't the average Yetzirah. His the evil inclination wasn't the average guy. It was the Satan himself. That was his malach. You see, he had the influence, the satanic influence of the satan. Why? Because in order to destroy the satan, you have to be linked to that being. That's why. And if you're linked to the satan, that incredible evil inclination, and you withstand the, and be unrighteous, you will therefore kill the guy, satan you see so it comes out that the patriarch with the soul of a patriarch had to be linked to the I hate to use the word patriarch of evil you know the chief right which is a Satan the Satan and in, in, in order they had to be linked so that the acts of Asov, right would enormously uh, uh, de- uh, d- destroy the Satan that's why he had a Yetzirah which was second to none because that was his job. So the question is, well, we should have pity on the guy, you know. But that's why I show you that he observed other, of father, and mother, to the greatest extent possible. It just shows you the man's capacity was incredible, you know. That's, that, that, that don't don't have Rachmanus and Esav, you know. If God gives him that task, then he gave him the ability to overcome the challenges of that task. That's what you very important to see. But for whatever reason, which he could have done, he didn't, and therefore he was twins with Yaakov because they're both patriarchs, which I had mentioned. Okay, and Esau is really the story of a patriarch that failed. It's really what the story is, and the failure was we see the real failure when Yaakov had to sell when Yaakov uh, got Esau to sell his birthright. You see, what does that mean? Because the birthright is a spiritual heir in the family. But Yaakov knew that Aesov was a Russia, because his twin brother. You know, maybe he can fool Isaac, Yitzchak, but he knew what the real score with Aesov was, you see. So he realized that he had to take the ability of Esav to destroy creation. Because a patriarch is a soul that is so vast that if he sins, he could take out half a creation in one shot with the sin, you see. So that's why Yaakov wanted to buy the Bechira. You see, because people wonder, why would Yaakov want to buy the Bechera? What kind of business, right? Y- your brother comes in famished, right? And you want to do what? Your brother comes in famished, right? And you want to tell him, well, for a pot of beans, you know, uh, you know I'll give you a pot of beans if you give me your, your, your Bechera. What kind of business is that? That's terrible. Is that the way you treat a brother? See, this is the way everybody interprets him. But Yaakov w- had to take away the firstborn rights because if not, Esav would have permanently been able to be a patriarch and because of his sin, he would have destroyed creation. You see. And therefore, he wanted to buy the Bechera. That's really the answer of why he wanted to buy the Bechera. And the Bechera, the firstborn right, gives Esav the power, you see, to rectify creation as a patriarch. So Yaakov had to take it away from Esau, you see. Now, time goes on, and they're finally 63 years old, both of them, and they both go into the blessings of Yitzchak. Isaac Yitzchak is blind, and Yitzchak wants to give the blessings, and of course he wants to give it to Esau. Why? Because as far as Yitzchak is concerned, Esau is an of, which is interesting. That, because, uh, that, that, uh, and of course Yitzchak knew that Esau sinned, but he reali- reasoned that anybody who's linked to the Satan is going to sin. But overall, is going to make it. You see, that's why even though he realized that Esav was a sinner, because he, I mean, you know, he realized that, so then why would you give these blessings to Esav? You know, the, the material blessings that he gave Yaakov eventually. Like I say, the answer is because he realized he was a sinner, but anybody who's going to be linked to the Satan is going to sin. I mean you'll find the same repeat with the story of Yosef where he also made mistakes which, which the rabbis tell us the Chazal tell us in any case but of course Yaakov deceived him because Yaakov realized that if Yitzchak gives the blessings to Esav that Esav is not once in a while sinning this is a continuous behavior and that if Esav now gets the, the, the blessings of Isaac that will restore his ability to destroy the world with his evil. So Yaakov said, no way. So even if it meant deception, but of course it was, uh, it had to be done. And by the way, you know when you really see this? Because it says when Esau came in, it's a a long share, but I'm just going, uh, some of the ideas, when Esau came in to Yaakov, uh, to uh, Yitzhak, and said, Who are you? So uh Aesop says, What do you mean, I'm, I'm your firstborn, Aesuf? I'm your firstborn. Right? Now, let me ask something. If you would have been deceived, what would you be, what would your emotional reaction be? You'd be angry, wouldn't you? Right? The guy just fooled you, made, made you look like a fool. The normal reaction emotionally is to be fuming, right? But it doesn't say that in the Torah. It says, <laughs> And Isaac trembled with incredible fear. Why? That's the wrong reaction. Think about that. You know, if you follow the stories, many times it's very difficult just to understand the normal narrative. Because Yitzhak realized who he gave the blessings to, which was Yaakov. And he realized that God didn't tell him, Hey, Yaakov's in front of you because Yitzhak had talking about One of the greatest neviim. you know. So he realized if God didn't tell him that he was being deceived, it meant that God wanted him to give the blessings to Yaakov and not Aesov. Yeah, but why? And all of a sudden Yitzchak realized that Esau's sinning is a continuous business. And had he given him the blessings that he gave to Yaakov, then the power to do tikkun and kilko, the power to rectify or destroy creation <coughs> would have been restored to <coughs> And therefore, Esau could wipe out creation with his sinning. And that's why what happened to Yitzhak was an incredible fear, not anger. It's interesting. And it says, <laughs> You know, we're not talking about, uh, you know, fear. We're talking about dread. Uh, dread is a level of fear which is very difficult to, to suffer. Uh, so that's what he experienced. Absolute dread because he realized he almost destroyed the world, Yitzchak, by allowing Esau to resume his status as a, as an, of, as a patriarch, you see. So, <coughs> Esau now goes off into his merry way, and he says, I'm going to kill Yaakov because he stole my uh, brockers, and so on. Now, what we also know, which is very important, um, um, which I had mentioned, but it's very important, especially today, the job of Esau, <coughs> had he not gone astray, the job of Asaph, as it says, and the older will serve the younger, assist the younger. That's the real job, where Asaph has to assist Yaakov, right, to rectify creation, to tikkum. Instead, what happened is because he went off to sin, it says, right, which means that Asaph will what? Will destroy or subjugate Yaakov because the word Yaavoid can also be read ya'aved. This is a medrash, by the way. So therefore, Esav went from assisting Jacob to assist him by making him suffer. So he remained also as part of the job. But now the job wasn't to help Yaakov do The job was to, if Esau, Yaakov and his descendants would deserve punishment, then Esav and his descendants would be the job. Very important idea, which means that Esav is still part of the Tikkun. See, this is the incredible thing. That it's not that Esav left his job of doing Tikkun, you see. He still remained with that job, except it was now a different job, you see. It's a very important idea, which is what becomes so prominent later on. Then what happens is, of course, Yaakov takes over, and he goes, therefore, to Yelovan, he, he, and he marries Rochel and Leah, because Leah was destined <coughs> to be married to Esau. And since Esau dropped, Yaakov took over the job of Esau, piggyback. He now had two jobs, Yoishi and Ish and And he therefore he took it over, so he therefore married Esav's, uh potential wife. So a lot of things really make a lot of sense and so on. Finally we get to the fact that Yaakov is now coming home after many, many years. And Esau is coming to kill him. This is a very important pasha a section uh, he 's coming home and he realizes uh, that an, uh, an angel tells him by the way, ASA was coming to kill you with four hundred guys and Of course, Yaakov is extremely worried, obviously, four hundred guys you know and these guys are four hundred guys they 're armed to the teeth, as they say, and, you know but anyway, uh, so what Yaakov does. <coughs> Is he realizes so he does several. The Torah says he does several things, but what he do- did eventually is he took Dina and he concealed her in a casket, in a in a box, so Asaf shouldn't see her and maybe want to marry her, because why would anybody want to marry marry off his daughter to a mafio, a mafio a mafioso? I mean, you know, n- nobody wants to say, well, you know, my 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 mechutin. Uh, my machoten, right? Oh, he's uh, Carlo Gambino, or oh, he's John Gotti, if you remember these guys from the past, you know. You know, that's your machoten, mm-hmm. anyway. You know, but um, so therefore Yaakov concealed her, and God said to Yaakov, Because you concealed her from Esav, right? She will be taken forcibly by Shechem. Not, like I mentioned that. How, how do you understand that? Because well, he didn't want to give it to Esav. Therefore, she, Yaakov is punished. What did he do wrong? They're wrong. So, what Yaakov should have realized is three things. And this was his mistake. First mistake, when he fought, before he met Esav, he fought with the angel. Famous incident where he fights fight with the Malach. Right? And he wins. And Rashi says, Who was that Malach? It was the Satan, who is what's called Sarashal Esav that Sutton is the angel of esav remember esav is linked to that guy but if yaakov won over him that means that he weakened the link between the Sutton and esav if that's the case that means the sutton doesn't have the same power that he has over esav so that's one indicator that yaakov should have realized that the linkage between Satan and Asof is weakened, and therefore Asof may be able to do tshuva. The second thing that Yaakov should have realized is when Esau said, he finally meets him, and he says, Yehi luchah let that which yours be yours. And Rashi says that what Esau was saying, okay, look, you keep everything, including the blessings that Yitzchak gave you, which means that Esau did tshuva. Esau repented. He said, you know, Yaakov, you can have it. What do you mean I can have it? You're coming to kill me with 400 guys. No, 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 I changed my mind. That's astounding. Why? Because Yaakov should have realized that the reason why Asa changed his mind is because the link between the Satan and Esav, that was his angel, was either broken or severely weakened. And therefore Esav wasn't as evil and therefore he was able to see the truth that really he didn't deserve the blessings, it was Yaakov that deserved it, you know if you get a guy's self interest out of him and his evil inclination then a guy can see the truth you see, and Yaakov should have realized that Esav could do tshuva you see and because he said let that which is yours be yours and the third thing okay, Esav is ready to do tshuva You know what you need? You need a good woman, right? A good, strong woman to marry the guy and really to get him to do tshuva. And Dina could have done it. Very strong-willed woman, because it says, and Dina went out to see the, the daughters of the land. What does that mean? She went out to see the latest styles? What do you think she went out for? You know, to see the latest dress, what the fashions are? No. She went out to make Bali tshuva. She went out that maybe she talked to girls, obviously, and so on, and let them recognize that there's a God, like Avram Avino, He went out, made the bali Tshuva, you see? So this wasn't, this was a, a, she was in the kirov, you see? So if you give Asa to Dina, she'll do kirov on him. And Asa, imagine Asa would have been restored with the power of a Jew. We don't even understand what that means. But it means that Asaph would have done tshuva. He would have come back. And not only that, instead of Esau, uh, being, for, uh, excuse, uh Dina being forcibly taken by Shechem, she would have married Asaph And who would, have that, who would have been the, uh, the, uh, the offspring? Osnas. Because Osnas was the offspring of Shechem and Dina. Right? And if you recall, Yosef married Osnas. So it comes out that Shechem was the father-in-law of Yosef. You know, you don't want that kind of father-in-law, right? Right. But what happens if Esau had done tshuva, Dina would have married him, then they would have had osnaz, so that means the father-in-law of Yosef would have been Esau. Wow, it's incredible. That means the Jewish people would have had what? They would have had Esau and his power. Because Esau was a very powerful person. You know, you could see that just reading the Chumash and so on, you know. He would have res- been restored to Klai Yisrael. He would have done this incredible Tikkun. You see. And that's what God wanted. To such an extent where God held Yaakov Avinu culpable that he didn't look at this and we don't know why. Maybe because Esau had done so much bad things to him, he, he couldn't see the truth. We don't know really now. But clearly the, the Medrash pointed that, that out. And therefore, Asaph was ready to do tshuva. And imagine that. There wouldn't be Asaph. There wouldn't be Edom. There wouldn't be Rome. Maybe there would be Rome, but they would never have done that to the Jews. You see. There wouldn't be Christianity. There wouldn't be any of this stuff. You see. Because the Ari says that Yeshu is a reincarnation of Asaph, as the evil Asaph, you see. But that also means something else. What would that tshuva do? With that tshuva, it would restore the avodah, the service that Esau has to do. From what? From ya'aved, to destroy the Jews, back to ya'avuid, to assist the Jews. Who knows what the history of the Jewish people would have been had that happened, you see. And that's what God wanted. And that's why Yaakov was punished by Dina. That she could have made Esav a Baal Shuvah, you see. And Very important Yav- idea. Rabbi Yavot chimed with his tafkid to, to remove all the Ra in the world. Because in order to bring down Kidusha, you have to remove the evil first. And therefore that would have assisted Yaakov to bring down the Kidusha. You see, if, if some guy rents an apartment, you know, and, um, and the, the former tenant leaves all his junk furniture, so the guy can't come in and start decorating the apartment. He's got to get rid of all the junk, right? The junk is the tumor. The junk is the evil. So Esav would have removed the evil because that was his job, right? And then Yaakov would have brought down the kedusha. You see, so you really need both jobs. Except Yaakov took it over, and then after he did it, Esav, Yosef HaTzadik took the rest over, and that's why he had to go to uh, Egypt to remain righteous and take the ideas, take the... The power of egypt out of it which i i decided to mention and so on but the critical concept here which i want to bring out is that esav would have done tshuva and his original work to assist the jews would have happened what does tshuva mean what does it mean to do tshuva it means to recognize god of israel as the god right who did esav worship who did esav worship he worshipped himself. That's who he worshipped, you see. But if Esau would have done tshuva, it would have meant to recognize that there is a God, right? He would have recognized the God of Abraham. The recognition of the Rabbanu would be the first of the tshuva. And then he would now be restored to assisting Yaakov Vino. Very important his, uh, story. Okay, what was that? Uh, you know that's a good question. I, I, that I don't know because he, you know, he had given it up and he would be a chuva right? So that I don't know if you could, be, you know, probably not, because you had to be steadfast permanently and not as a chuva Not, uh, you know, even though it would be incredible, but that far I don't know, you know. But anyway, it's a good question. Anyway, yeah, could you imagine saying okay served on the Like wow, you know. Okay, <clears throat> so we now understand, <clears throat> and the fact that the Rebunisham punished Yaakov, right? Because he didn't recognize that, and he didn't allow Esav to come back, right? Shows us that God said, I want Esav to do tshufa, you see? In other words, he's involved in the Tikkun process to rectify, how? By being the punisher of the Jewish people, making them suffer. But I don't want that. I want Esav to do it a, 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 in the form of mitzvahs to, a, to assist Yaakov. And that clearly, you see, the B'mat wanted. And therefore, I mentioned, which is uh, a tremendous remez, where it says, the And Esav returned to his way, to Seir. Because we know Esav, his residence, was the mountain of Seir. So the question, it should, it should have said, And Esav returned to Seir. What do you mean Esav returned to his dark eye? And that tells, in one word, the whole story. Because Yaakov didn't take advantage of Esav, uh, then Yaakov, then Esav returned to his way, in evil, to Seir. Uh, you see, it's incredible remes. In one word, the Torah tells you exactly what the whole story of Dina and and, and meeting Asav and, and so on. Okay, So we now know something very important, that God wants Esav to return. To such an extent, we punished Yaakov, because uh, to God that was a misdeed. I mean, we cannot judge Yaakov, but God judged him. And that's the Midrash, and so on. Anyway, what was that? Now, because uh, Esav he did, didn't do tshuva. He doesn't want to, to return now. No, wait, 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 wait. But, again, okay. Now, <clears throat> um, what does that tell us? That tells us a very important concept. Okay, and this is where I, I came in a year ago, more than a year, two years ago, actually. <coughs> and I realized uh, that the Vanisham is going to restore Esau to do tshuva. This is called the Tahara of Edom, the purification of Edom. That it will happen. Now, who's going to do it? So along came a guy called Donald J. Trump, uh, and and I had mentioned, uh, you know, a lot of Schumann and so on and so forth. And I realized that he's the guy. He's the guy. Now, I didn't know it at that time. I just knew it, what I knew it, and so on, you know. But late uh, about a couple of months ago, somebody brought me proof that I was right. Proof. Who? Rabbi Moshe David Vali. Rabbi Moshe David Vali was a Talmud chover. He was a student and a compatriot of Rabbi Moshe Chaim Rutzato. So, I'm back into Ramchal. Right? <coughs> and he wrote a whole period called the, the Ramdu, Rabbi Moshe David Vali, on the whole Torah, which is astounding, in the style of the Ramchal. Anyway, here's what he writes. Uh, um uh in, in, in uh, I think it's in it's uh, told us I'm gonna I'm gonna read it. It's astounding. I was shocked because he says exactly what I said, you know? Ah, here it goes. Vihine, behold, Bore, come in here and see. Come giduchachomem. How great are the words of the sages. Sha'umu that says Sha'elu Habez Gayum that these two nations, where it says, and one nation, right? Two. There are two nations in your. When they, when Rifko was having the kid, the two twins struggle in her, so she went to Eva to find out what's going on here. So they told the the prophecy that these geim, that these two nations, heim Antoninus for It's Marcus Aurelius Antoninus, the Roman emperor, and it's Rabbi that these, these two individuals represent the perfect relationship between Aesop and Yaakov before his kilkul, before he, he slid down, okay? <clears throat> Antoninus and Rebbe. And that's why, I f- well, as I will say, that's why I feel that um, I think that Trump is a gilgul of Marcus Aurelius Antoninus because the original relationship between these which was the real relationship is about to be restored okay now he says they knew in their wisdom that holiness begins with good things <coughs> okay and these two princes shall of these two nations that's Antoninus and uh, which is Rome, and the Rebbe, which of course are the Jews. They were in one generation. They were both very good. There was no disagreement or argument between them. And there's a whole Gemara that tells us the behavior of Antoninus, which is incredible. What Antoninus. Uh, just as one example, you know, that, uh, that Rebbe wanted to get onto his bed. And for whatever reason, he was tired. So Antoninus was a Roman emperor. Remember what we're talking about now. That the the emperor of Rome was, as far as everybody else was concerned, was the greatest power on earth. So Antoninus did what? He bent down and he told Rebbe, step on top of me, on my back, so you can get into your bed. so Rebbe looked at him. It's a Roman emperor. So Rebbe looked at him and said, "Uh, excuse me, you know, uh, I don't want to use you for this. So Antoninus said, do it. I'll I should be your footstool, you know, ilim Haber also, something like that, you know. Which is incredible. And w- when did they meet? Because Rebbe at a time lived in Tiferia, Tiberius, And Antoninus for a certain amount of years also lived in, in Tiferia. That's how they met, and so on. So what we're watching here is Antoninus, who is fo- what? One of the progeny of Edom, Esav, right? Serving Rebbe. Right, It's incredible, right? Who was? No, it doesn't say. It doesn't say. But the the relationship to Antoninus and Rebbe was the perfect relationship between Yisov and and Yaakov. All right. Then it says the Adraba, and on the contrary, Antoninus Nichna the Rebbe. Antoninus submitted to Rebbe, Veniskan al Yodoy, and Antoninus achieved a Tikon by serving Rebbe. That's what he's saying. Now, Lilmois, what he says, to allude to what? And Mashe what will be Laosid in the future. shall Edoim, the good part of Edoim. Who's the good part of Edoim? America, isn't it? This is going to be in the future. Right? Yichnali Israel will bow to the Jews. Right? Via And therefore, they, Edom, will be rectified through them, through the Jews. Kedeh in order to complete, estikhan the rectification of the world. Now, that is before Mashiach comes. Because when Mashiach comes, the world has been rectified. Right? So he says, incredible that the relationship between Rebbe and Antoninus foretells. The ultimate rectification that will come between the Toiv Sheva Edoim, the Toiv Sheva Edoim, which he calls the Toiv, right, that they will also submit or subjugate themselves under the Jewish people. And that's how they will achieve a Tikkun, Esav, right, in order to complete the Tikkun of the world. That means Edoim has to complete the Tikkun of the world. Can it be clearer? It's astounding, right? And he's saying that this this, what, this is going to be in the future. Now, coming up with this kind of stuff, he What? That means what the Ramdu is saying, which is what I said two years ago, that Ace of Edom is going to have a Tahara, just like the version wanted 4,000 years ago, right? And it's going to be the Tovsheba Edom, right, that's going to have this Tahara, right? And that person will submit to the Jewish people so the Esau is going to be restored from Ya'aved to yaavoid. right there you are there's the Hashkofer you see now <clears throat> what happens along comes this guy Donald Trump it's astounding doesn't talk like a politician doesn't act like a politician right and in fact everybody hates him because of that Everybody, as I mentioned, you know, they all hate the guy because they sense that this is a person, as he says, going to drain the swamp, which is the greatest upheaval that you can ever see in Washington. but that 's his job because Donald Trump is the person that is going to change Edoim Ma right, and usher and become part of the messianic process. you see. <clears throat> So the, the Edom will be, meted, so the tahar of Edom, the purification of Edom, which is Esav b'tikunoi, Esav as a rectified person, not kilkuloi, not asav as a destroyed, as an evil person. It has to happen for him to assist the Jews before the Mashiach comes. Right? Which is really incredible when you think about that, you see. And that's why, and I told you, because he has that type of job, right, the Sutton is trying to desperately to stop him. Because what we are seeing now has never happened in, in American history. Where everybody hates the man, they're all trying to stop him. They're grabbing at any straw to destroy him. I mean this whole business with Russia, collusion with Russia, is absolute nonsense. Because they've been looking into this for a year, and they haven't come up with a shred of evidence. And believe me, these guys are good. You know, if there was evidence, they would have found it a year ago. But they have agency after agency checking him. And they can't find, should I say nebuch? Mm-hmm. Nebuch, right? You know, unfortunately, they can't find anything. But, and they realize that, so leave it go already. So not only they don't leave it go, they now have to appoint a special prosecutor. It's insanity what we're seeing. And the media hates him. Everybody's after the guy. The Republicans, the media, the Democratic Party, you know, uh, the liberals. They're, because they sense that he is going to drain the swamp. But the one who really is going crazy is the Satan. Because if his main guy is Edom, what happens if Edom does Tshuva? Oh. That, that's his main guy. He's out. So therefore, all of this really is being raked up by the Satan. That's really what it is. It's all satanic. When we say he, he What? When we say shmoles, he Yeah. Yeah. But you see, Yishmo was Obama. His name was Meshesh I know, I mentioned that, so. Donald I'm Trump, his name is also Mesh Tendub, but if he loses that above his name, yeah, yeah. then he didn't fulfill his topic, just like Obama did. That's okay. I'm going to, you know, I, I mentioned that in previous shows, so on, you know. But I, I want to get to the, these ideas, what I'm saying. <coughs> but anyway, so this is what we see. They're going to assist the Jews. And therefore, Lo and behold, you know, what we're looking at has never been seen in American history, where everybody is trying to destroy that man. They want to delegitimize the guy. They want to destroy his credibility. They want to try to impeach him desperately. They're looking, it's like it's like a witch hunt, which is exactly what it is, okay. <clears throat> but what is amazing, he's surviving, and he will survive, because like I said, the one really behind to try to destroy him is a satan. And he's raking up the coals of all the evil people to try to destroy him. Has this been stronger than the satan? He he, they did not. He, the sultan can't do it. He's trying. But I also mentioned it's the same idea that happened by Egypt. When the Jews left Egypt. Right? What happened? Then all of a sudden there was a tremendous court case in heaven. Where the angel of Egypt said, Halolo kachob, Halolo the Jews worship idols and the Egyptians worship idols. Why do you want to destroy the Egyptians and not the Jews? Why? Because every all the malachim knew that the jig was up, as they say. The Jews were now headed to Mount Sinai to receive the Torah. And that's the end of it and finished. So therefore, everybody went crazy. In other words, in the end of time, this is what's going to happen. As it gets near and near to the end of time, the entire world and the Malachim, the Satan especially, are going to try to stop it. <coughs> well, I mean the Malachim Chavola, uh, his angels and so on. They're going to try to stop it because the end is near. And that's exactly what happened. But God obviously is not letting it happen. They're trying desperately with all kinds of prosecutions and so on. But he's not letting it, letting it happen. Now, this brings us to today. So there's something that happened this week, which is the beginning of the end. <coughs> okay? It is the what he just said it's where Antoninus is now coming to serve Rebbe right all of a sudden Trump goes to Israel right <clears throat> Trump goes to Israel and he d- it was an incredible uh, uh what he called uh, accomplishment that he did so first he goes to Saudi Arabia and then he went to Israel and what does he do in Israel you know I just you know let me just go through some of the ideas <clears throat> and you realize what's happening <clears throat> um, First of all, he never mentions a two-state solution at all. Every president is always talking about two states. He never mentioned that at all, you see. He never mentioned the settlements, that the settlements are an obstacle to peace. He never mentioned withdrawing to the 1967 borders. He never mentioned Palestinian rights. He never mentioned anything. And the Israelis were very afraid that he would. That's number one. Number two, his message to Abbas was incredible. For the first time somebody was honest and he said to Abbas, you want a state? I don't know if you read this, but he said to Abbas, you want a state? You first have to prove that you're capable of running a state. He tells this to Abbas, (laughs) you believe this? Right? You first have to prove that you're capable of running a state, of running an economy, and uprooting terrorism. You see? You start in this direction and then we'll see. Right? Because you're part of the world of terror. I mean, imagine him telling this to Abbas. This is like so opposite, polar opposite than what Obama said. You know, <laughs> it, it was, it just, It's hard to believe that he said this to Abbas. You see. <clears throat> then the second thing he told Abbas, you need to drop all your preconditions, because Abbas was saying we have a whole bunch of preconditions to sit. No, no, no. You got to drop everything and just sit with them and try to engage In peace talks you see not only that you gotta stop paying terrorists monthly stipends because that's what he does he's telling this to Abbas right and you gotta stop naming uh, town squares after them and that will get you and the Palestinians nowhere I mean imagine confronting the truth which no president ever did you see finally honesty is presented which is incredible when you think about the previous presidents you know Obama and Bush and Clinton and all these guys. I mean, it's unheard of that American president should talk to Arabs, Abbas, this way. Okay, <clears throat> not only that, clearly America has returned to the Middle East. and They were, they were very angry at Obama because he deserted the whole Middle East. So clearly he returned to the Middle East, which is the reason for that really, as we will see, is really to embrace Israel in order to get the Arabs to change, you see. And he wants all the Arab nations to form a bloc, of course, that's gonna battle Iran, you see. And he said, remember the whole threat of, uh, of Iran, nuclear weapons? He said, as long as Donald J. Trump is president, Iran will not get nuclear weapons. Now, forget about 10 years from now, he's gonna stop them from getting nuclear weapons you know, at, which, is, uh, which is, and Iran, of course, is the greatest, greatest threat, you know, and so on, you know. But not only that, why are they all of a sudden doing this? He made an incredible hit in Saudi Arabia. They had 15, they over fi- 15 Arab nations in Saudi Arabia. They brought him, they brought him, They all went to meet him at the airport. This is Saudi Arabia, right? They went to, meet Trump, went to meet Trump at the airport. They brought him to this guy's palace. I mean, you've never seen a palace like I'd like what's his name? Uh, S- Salman. His, his, his palace it was like it's gold all over the place. I mean, it's like you know, you know. I, it's hard to. I don't even want to. Even has such a place. <laughs> 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 if you want to look at it that way, you know? <clears throat> but it, it's it's incredible. I mean, it, it, you've never seen a place like that, you know. But they they <clears throat> they wine and dine them. The question is why? Because the Ravisham is setting up something. You see, I had mentioned that. Obama really should have, the Basham not only wants tshuva from Edom, he wants tshuva from Yishmael, because Yishmael also did tshuva in the end, you know, and Yishmael is a son of Avram Avinu, you see. And not only that, Chazal tell us, (coughs) how many tribes did uh, Yishmael have? They had 12. You realize why? So the Chido says, because Yeshmoel was supposed to have 12 tribes, and they also would be part of the Tikhan process. Yeshmoel, not just A-A-A-Sav, uh So Esau was an of, but Yishmuel also was part of the Tikkun process, and he also went the Tarbes Ro for evil. So the Moshe wants him back. And what is interesting is that Obama could have done it. You see because he's a Muslim and he would if he would have confronted the Arabs the way Trump confronted Abbas and even the Arabs themselves Saudi Arabia he probably could have turned them around you see but Trump actually confronted the Saudis but the Russian did something interesting why are they doing this why was Saudi Arabia thinking very seriously of you know they're welcoming the idea of getting together with Israel that's unheard of because what the Barsham has done is everybody's worried about Iran so that fear already is driving them you see to try to make peace with Israel the second interesting thing which I find very interesting is that you know that for the first time Saudi Arabia has no income from oil no income because the price of oil is so low that in 2016, they made no money from their oil. And then what? they have, I think, the second or the third greatest oil reserves in the world because the oil is so low that they're not making any money. So they sort of like, I wouldn't say they're going bankrupt, but they're headed that way. So Saudi Arabia has to raise tax. They have to cut back on their budget costs and they have to dismiss many workers, which never happened you see, so they have tremendous economic problems. So they see, and now that the U.S. is becoming the greatest oil producer, so the U.S. doesn't need them, they can see the handwriting on the wall. So that not only are they all afraid of Iran, and they realize that Israel and America is the real bulwark against Iran, but Saudi Arabia is also ha- having tremendous problems with the economic uh, economic woes and so on. So, and the Russian is arranging that, why? because it would seem that what the Muslim did is he took away the ability of Obama I mean, Obama didn't do it he failed Trump is going to do the job that Obama didn't do he's going to bring your around. around at least don't hate the Jews you see this is all assisting the Jews you see <clears throat> what's interesting is that the one who's the big loser is Per Putin you see because all the Arabs ran to America See, Putin was hoping that he would have a hold in the Middle East, right? And so, because they figured maybe they'd go to Putin to stop Iran. But it's not. Everybody's running to America. It's like they're running to America, you see. And they're running also in many ways to Israel. Uh, see, so one of the big losers is Putin. Because he's no longer power really in the Middle East. You see, <clears throat> so you never know. Maybe Putin will wake up and he also will join with America to try to stop iran and so on because he sees so uh, that he's losing he's and so on you know on yeah without yeah yeah <clears throat> but he's losing the power over the middle east because they're all running to america you see <clears throat> and not only that trump in his speeches validated again and again the connection between jews to the land of israel and to yushalayim which is incredible you know what does all this mean Th- so all this is significant but you know what the greatest significance of all i don't know how many people realize that trump is the first president first of all the first president to visit israel on his first foreign trip which shows the hashivas that eretz israel has that's number one you see <clears throat> but what's incredible i i didn't i i cut out the picture was Trump is the first president, sitting president, to go to the koisel, yes? Touch the stones and pray, and put in a kvittal, by the way. What does that sound like to you? Ace of shuva, that's mamish what it is. For Trump to go to the koisel <coughs> to put in a kvittal is Ace of saying, you are God, there is nothing else the Jewish God is the only God. <coughs> That's the, you are looking at the Tahar of Edom and the tshuva of Edom, Esav, to return to Jews. So he's assisting the Jews in every which way possible, which is incredible, you know. And i just like to read, this was uh, taken out of um, Hamodia, but I amended the end because I hold he's mistaken. Listen to what he said, and he's right. Trump, he came as a friend not with demands of concessions for peace which is what Obama and Kerry and all that right not with dire warnings of the consequences of failing to make peace which is what they all threaten Israel right Uh, but with words of praise and admiration for the Jewish people what does that sound like to you he came as a friend and he was welcome as a friend and I amended the last statement okay he came as a friend true but but as the renewal of a long ago relationship as a brother where Esav or Edom does tshuva and restores his primary mission of Rav Ya'avoy soyer, you know the older brother will serve the younger brother what you're looking at really although it's hard to believe is that here is Edom, Esav right the Tov Esav doing exactly what was predicted they would do tshuva, but more than that they would come to the chosel which is the makam of shechina right, as far as we're concerned, that's where God resides, right he touches the wall which shows his chashivas his enormous reverence for the chosel Maravi, right, like you want to touch a, uh, in, you want to touch a holy place and just look at it, right? right and not only that, he puts in a kvittal You imagine uh, uh, Edom putting a kvitl in the base of Migdash? Like, what is that, right? And what that symbolizes is the beginning of a messianic process. It's the beginning of a Tahara, a purification of Asaph or Edom. It's really what it is. It's hard to believe. Remember, he's the first sitting president in U.S. history to go to the Koysal, right? Who? because he's the guy that's supposed to have a tahar of Edom, right? So not only does he come to the Middle East to defend Israel and to try to change the Arabs, at least they won't hate Israel and try to make peace with Israel, right? But he goes to the Khusl, which is the of v'shechina, that's God, right? And he bows down in front of God, that's the same thing. He bows down in front of God and says, accept my tshuva, you know, I recognize that this country this city Yerushalayim, this country Israel belongs to the Jews and he called it the eternal city of the Jews and so on. He never mentioned once well maybe we gotta give East Jerusalem back to the Arabs nothing like that you know I mean to me this is like this is the greatest the greatest demonstration of of Doom Tshuva that's really what it is and so on and what the good news about that is that is the beginning of a process That it's no longer that he won, he wants to drain the swamp of America and change America to go from being evil to less evil and corrupt and so on. But he actually went to Israel, talked to the Arabs, defended the Jews, praised the Jews, right? And bowed before the Rabbanishlam himself. That is classic Esau, B'Taharosso, and so on. The beautiful thing about that is that it starts. Something started, and by the way, I don't know if you realize that, but he went on Monday, right? Monday was the Ramchal Ziyotzai. Yes. Yesoid Chabi Right? Yesoid, the foundation of the foundation. So on that day, which by the way, there were 5,000 people that went to Shechem. Because Yosef is Yesoid should be Right? Remember that? Yosef is Yesoid should be 5,000 people went to on, on on Monday, you know? What's the Indian of Yosef? Mashiach bin Yosef. Yes? Who was Esav? Esav was a Shurish a, a of Mashiach bin Yosef, as an of. That's really who he was. Yaakov was the Indian of Mashiach bin David, and Esav was Mashiach bin Yosef. So here's, here's what? Here's Esav, the original Mashiach bin Yosef, a Shurish, right? Right? On the day of the Yisoid which is Yosef, on that day the Toiv Shabayisov, which is uh, Trump, going to the Kaisel. Uh, it's astounding when you add it all up. Going to the Koisel and literally, Bamish, you know, it's bowing before the Rabban slum and saying, "Wait, wait, wait, wait." That he goes, he goes to the Koisel and he, of course, uh, puts in a fittle and he says, "It's like saying to Moshe, you know." you're it I was wrong this is the classic and as far as I'm concerned that's what it all means it's the beginning of the Tahara of Edom it is the changeover of Rav Yaavoid Tzoyim that the older will serve the younger this is the beginning okay Uh, and also he's trying to turn around Yishmoel from not hating Israel and maybe even somehow aligning themselves with Israel it's astounding to watch it's truly historical it's never happened before, but like I say, in biblical terms, it's absolutely <coughs> incredible what is happening. That's it. I felt I had to uh, say this type because I don't think people realize it's not just Trump coming to the wall. It's Ace of doing. <laughs> it's a whole different uh, understanding and so on. And the good news is that once it starts, it's going to continue, and things are going to happen, and the Russian will come to his defense. You they're making a tremendous mistake. Because what the Democrats, the liberals, Obama, what's called the deep state, all of them are violating American law. Because Trump is the legitimate president, legal legitimate president. And they, by refusing him to, uh, 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 by refusing to acknowledge him as president, not only that, and by obstructing his ability to be president, my feeling is the time will come that god will go after all of them because of what they're doing because now it's not only that they are violating american law which is really what they're doing you know it's not just cute they are violating a democratic country that has laws he is the legal president of the united states and they are violating that and we all know why and so on you know and the media it's a shame. It, you, you cannot believe the amount of mighty shemra, defamation of character that is going on, and it is my belief that God will take revenge on all of them. I don't know exactly how, but all of them will be severely punished. Uh, and when you think about that, if he really, that when he's if he really has to be matar Edoim, purify Edoim and they are obstructing him, you don't even want to be in the same country as these guys when the Ba'an is going to go after these guys and that's what's going to happen. All of them will be destroyed because of what they're doing, because it's incredible. What they're doing is illegal in American uh, law, uh, in terms of constitution and so on, and we all know their motives and so on, and they, they will come in, in court and believe me, you don't even want to be around when the will destroy them. Pray to God for wisdom. For wisdom. But, but I'll tell you pray something, you want to pray to God, right? You pray to God for wisdom. That's one. But what you really have to pray to God is courage and integrity and honesty. You know, wisdom is one thing. You know, all these guys before him were smart, but they didn't have the courage to stand up to evil. You want to do it? Wisdom isn't enough. You need to stand up, have courage, integrity against evil. Like he told the boss, you gotta stand up and say, you know, what the problem is honestly. You need honesty before anything else. So I hope he prayed for that also. Also, yeah, that was historical, yeah. Well, th- because that, that means that the end of the enmity, it's the beginning of the end of the enmity of Yishmael against the Jews. Things are changing. You we also went to visit that girl, yeah, a girl. who had cancer. That's you no? Well, it, it, it shows his compassion, you know. He's not a normal uh, political figure. That's why, that's why I say he's, uh, like I say, uh, my friend, he's a Gilgul of Antoninus, a Roman emperor. And I told you the gematio of, uh, of Donald Trump is, uh, is uh, Mashiach Mendoved. Right. Not that he is Mashiach Mendoved, but Rav Yavoy that he has to assist the process. Anyway, that's it. just want to tell you that uh, the good news is that it seems to be starting you know, which is astounding. I think, I think all the Israelis are in shock because they didn't expect him to do that, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's what that he's, he's doing, you know. Um, it's unheard of in American history, can I tell what's you. What's with the embassy? Uh, well, <clears throat> you know, f- what he wants to do, he wants to soften the Arabs. He doesn't want to throw it in their face. That he will ultimately declare, look, the guy said, Jerusalem belongs to the Jews. I mean, it's an eternal city of the Jews. I mean, what's the next step? So make it their capital, right? What are you waiting for? Uh, You know, it's really, it's diplomacy. It's a diplomatic move where he says, look, they all know eventually he will do it. But if he can get the Arabs, but if he can get the Arabs to quiet down where they don't hate Israel, uh, I I believe that uh, then he will make the move. He's really desperately trying to put together a peace conference. But the, but the problem is the honesty. You know? You yeah, know? You heard of the first. Yes, but I want to tell you something. I, I, I had a laugh at the paper. Because the paper where, where, where Trump said, you know, I hope he's not a fooling himself, where he says, well, he believes Abbas wants peace. Of course he wants peace, on his terms. <laughs> the, the, the problem isn't peace, the problem is at what cost. Oh, yeah. yeah, of course I want peace. I want all the Jews out. Yeah. You know, and I want all the Arabs in, I want all the Arabs to to come back after 48, right, have a second state, let the Arabs come back, right, Uh, we want our own military, of course, Why, why shouldn't they want peace, you know, that's why it's such a joke, who cares if they want peace, what's the price, what's the cost?